Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another great day for freedom. Today is actually a special episode. Joining me again is the lovely Ferrari. I'm not the special part of the episode. No. <laughs> well, you're always the special part of the episode, but um, we actually are going to focus pretty much on one topic today. Uh, and before we even get started, I want to make it clear that we're going to do another episode on this probably within about a month, possibly sooner, um, depending on how things go with the Derek Chauvin case uh, and the, the, the Dante White case. Um, and, well, Dante White. Dan Dante, uh, Dante uh, Wright. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be like a trial anytime soon. but No, but... Yeah. There's a lot of protests now because yeah. of that. Um, I'm already, before we even get started, I really would like a person of color and someone that actually was a, a former police officer or is a police officer, both to be guests on the show. We will do it via video. We'll also release it via, via audio. But I really would like to do that so we could actually open up dialogue to it. Um, because some people are not going to be happy with some of the things that I say. Um, some of the things that Ferrari says. And some people are going to agree with it. And that's fine. If I piss you off, oh well. And if I make you happy, okay. Uh, I I'm not taking anybody's side. I'm taking the side that's right. And so is Ferrari. Um, that being said, um, I think at this point, it, it, it's it's really difficult to deny that racism is a huge, huge problem now in this country. And uh, one of the clips uh, that I've seen on major media, and you were watching with me earlier today, pointed out a very a, a very in-your-face observation. And that was, let's compare how the police have been acting with, uh, you know, over the past year with uh, um, people of color, uh, in particular, you know, black men, there have been some black women as well, Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. uh, that have been killed by police officers um, quite often unjustly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then how the police handled all of the protesters, mostly, uh, most of them were white, on January 6th at the Capitol. And if you don't see the stark difference there... Um, boy, you're going to really hate this podcast and any future podcast because that pretty much means that you're kissing the ring of Trump. Um, and I say that because, in my opinion, uh, Trump is not the sole reason for what we see right now. Uh, but I do think that he played a major role in what we see right now. I do want your opinion on that. I know I've asked you that before. I know that we've gone over it before. About Trump? Yes. Yeah, that he he's he's a symptom, but he's also an instigator of the 
the way, like, the institutional racism and the way that um, certain people look at other people or blame other people. Like, you know, I mean, it, it, there's we could do so much, talk about so much of this, but it, it's unfortunate that there are a lot of, like, poor white folks who blame people of color and immigrants yeah. for their problems. Yeah. And that's that's not who's causing your problems. Um, but that's what the people in power, like Trump or somebody like that, will tell you, and then it exacerbates. So because there's been this long history of blaming, you know, minorities... That, you know, and then people, you know, poor white folks and, I mean, there's even like, you know, more well off and, and rich white people too, who think that as well, who think that, you know, minorities are the problem. Um, and that institutional racism and all of that, that just keeps getting handed down generation by generation. And, you know, you can go into the whole, like, you know. Um, political correctness, all these people who don't want to care about other people's feelings, you know, um, who don't want to respect people of color, women, um, members of the LGBTQ community. Um, Which that's a whole nother, we'll yeah, cover that topic later, but, but there's there, a lot there of is, stuff There's a whole that. section of those people who just hate PC culture, Yeah, who hate having to even acknowledge that people who are different from them have feelings, you know, and that they should be respected as people. And so then you get people like Trump and, you know, some of these like, um, you know, religious right people and stuff like that who, um, yeah, Trump is not the cause, you know, uh, this stuff has been going on for hundreds of years but Trump is a symptom and an instigator and an exacerbator to, well, you know, this kind of stuff. That being said, then, mm -hmm. do you think that just as much, if not more so of an instigator, mm -hmm. is certain media outlets, um, and, and I'll name them right off the bat because he's a racist piece of shit, uh, Tucker, Car Tucker Carlson is a great example. Cause Shout out to Jim Acosta, who asked why Tucker Carlson doesn't or only spells his name with one K. Yeah. That was my favorite thing that I saw yesterday. Shout out to Jim Acosta. But, um, but, but again, though. Oh, yeah, he's he, definitely an instigator. I mean. Because I mean, that's how he makes his money. That's, that's, he's. He's not a journalist. He's not a newscaster. He's an entertainer. He's an opinionist. He, you know, and he, Tucker Carlson, spews this right-wing conservatism, you know, like, I don't even know what I want to say. But he spews the stuff, and it he's got this, like, um, base of just people are like, yeah, exactly. It's the blacks. It's the, you know, it's the immigrants. It's this, like, and it's just this like echo chamber, you know? Well, I, and, and to be totally transparent here on something, mm -hmm. 
when we when we first moved to Florida, um, we did have trouble making friends, and most of the friends that we made and that have stayed friends with us, um, you know, haven't just fallen off the radar. Have have been people of color, and when I say people of color, I yeah. mean I mean blacks, I mean Puerto Ricans, I mean Cubans, um, you know, so Latinos. Uh, yeah, I, I, if, yeah. If that's probably a better way to word it. You know, um, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, we have some white friends, but yeah. most of them but Asians, people who are in the LGBTQ yes. community. I mean, those are the people who accepted us without any problem yes you know and everybody else was oh you're you're a northerner and it's yeah. like well dude we're in florida florida is really not much different from the north other than Florida's the fact that it's warmer northerners. <laughs> um you know so uh but i want to get to the point at hand which is looking at these police killings um and when i say police killings i mean the police killing um, uh, black men and women mm -hmm. for, and I'm not saying they're totally innocent either. What I am saying is that using that level of force is not necessary. Uh, just recently, and by recently, I mean within the past week, and you know more about this case than I do. So if you want to actually say, the, what happened? The Dante Wright one. Yeah, because you were telling me stuff that I I didn't even realize yet because I haven't had a chance to actually sit yeah, down and go well, through. Yeah, well, I and and that's because I mean, and I I've I've said it before. I I have over the past year or so, um, really geared who I follow, especially on Facebook, to um people of color who are in the know of mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, and if you're looking for somebody who who really is a, a good person to follow. Her name is Allie Henny, um, A L L Y H E N N Y. She, um, I mean, she's angry as she should be of all of the stuff that's been going on, but she's very eloquent and, um, she usually has all of the details of what's going on. Um, but I also have like Wikipedia open and stuff. Um, Dante Wright, um, 20 year old, black man um was driving his mom's car and now apparently now that the details have come out supposedly the registration on the car was expired um i don't know exactly how expired it is i mean i've driven around well technically the the registration was paid but i hadn't gotten the sticker yet yeah. you know i mean we've driven around with technically expired tags um, and not had any problem. Um, so was pulled over in his mom's car for expired tags. And then, um, originally they said he had been pulled over because of, um, the air fresheners hanging off of his mirror. And yeah. that is actually illegal in a lot of jurisdictions to have things hanging off of your mirror. Yeah, surprisingly um, it is, yeah. So, and I mean, I mean think of all the people who have air fresheners, fuzzy dice, um, you know, um rosary beads. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff is technically illegal in a lot of places. Um but then they they said that they had an outstanding arrest warrant for Dante. 
and um, there were there was a senior officer, Kimberly Potter, who was field training a couple of other officers, and the um, black officer was the one who was arresting Dante Wright, and Kimberly Potter stepped in at one point. And I, I don't, I can't tell from the body cam footage what the issue was there. Like, you and I have watched it a couple times, yeah. and it almost looks like the black cop was hesitating to cuff Dante Wright, yeah. and maybe Officer Potter stepped in to, you know, get it done. And when she stepped in and grabbed Dante Wright, he pulled away from her, which, okay, technically is resisting arrest, but it's not like he it's turned like, around and yeah. swung at her no. or like, you know, it's, it, and she immediately like she, she yelled taser taser or whatever. And she ended up pulling her firearm and shooting him. Now it's important to note too, with this is that in most jurisdictions, if not all, um, you need your taser on one side and your firearm on the other. Mm -hmm. You cannot have them both on the same side. Um, your 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 actual dominant hand, the one that you shoot with, that's where your firearm is. And the other one that's your less dominant hand is where the taser is. Not only that, but there is a significant weight difference and they look significantly different. Mm -hmm. um, tasers are typically bright yellow or bright green. Right. Where a, where, the, where a gun and is the, typically black. The weight difference is, is there, too. Yes. Um, but, I mean, the other thing is, too, I mean, and we've talked about this in other cases, too. Like, why did she even need to tase him? No. they. You know, it, it, she, they already had this guy's information, you know, they already know where he lives, you know, even if he was going to try to drive off, you they, know where to find him. Yes. You know, he's probably going to go home to his parents and he, he wasn't being violent. So, you know, so why even, why do you even have to discharge a taser, which I, you know, I've never been tased. But I, 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 yeah, you have, and I know people who have. It sucks. It's even on the lowest setting. It sucks. I mean, is like, and without knowing someone's previous medical history, could potentially kill someone. Yes, uh, it it can. Now it's important to note that officers before they're they're issued uh, uh, a taser have to be tased. Um, they have to be tased. Uh. So, you know, again, uh, Ms. Potter has been on the force for a long time. I she, think it was 26 years. I believe you're right or something close to that. Yeah. Um, she. You should know the difference between your gun and a taser. It, regardless, afterwards, you you hear her say, oh, oh, shit, I, I shot, shot him. him. Yeah. I honestly do believe on her part it was a mistake. Okay. Now. That being said, mistake or not, you shot and killed someone. Yeah. If you are a doctor and you grab the wrong medication 
and you kill someone. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you're definitely going in front of a, a fair and unbiased review board. And that's going to be important in a second. And you'll understand why. Um, and very often you will lose your medical license or at the very least be put on probation. Mm-hmm. Um, but quite often you do, you lose your medical license. Um, that doesn't mean that people don't die because of surgeons or medical procedures. And I'm using that as an example. If, if I mean to shoot someone with a cap gun and it turns out to be, you know, or a BB gun, you know, and it turns out that I actually shoot them with a Glock, guess what? I'm going to get arrested. I would probably get arrested for the BB gun, too. Mm -hmm. So she was arrested. She was charged, I believe, with second-degree manslaughter. They're probably going to add more charges onto it. This has kicked off four nights of protests, and they've gotten more and more intense ever since because the police now, and this is why I have trouble respecting a lot of cops. Not all cops, but a lot of them is they will sit there and they will hide behind their fences or hide in their armored vehicles, yet they have no problem at all shooting you with tear gas, shooting you with rubber bullets, rubber grenades that that once they explode, they shoot out a whole bunch of little rubber pellets. Um, the way tear gas or tear foam was used last year was appalling. Um, and we're starting to see it happen all over again. And once the results of the Chauvin trial are in, you're going to see protests regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, whether they be protests of, look, one bad cop off the street, but there's still plenty more. Um, there's even been police forces, uh, Wisconsin's a great example. Uh, in Kenosha, there, I can't remember if it was the police department or the sheriff's department, actually were working with the white militias. So my, my question, and my question, I, I'm posing it to you, mm -hmm. and I'll answer it too, but I'm actually posing it to the people that are listening. Would this have turned out differently if he was white? Of course it would have. And that's how I feel about it. I'm interested to see how listeners feel about it. I mean, um, that's the unfortunate thing. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, the difference between black people, you know, interacting with cops and the, and the Capitol rioters. But, I mean, the other thing is, is like, what about the difference between black people who get pulled over or, or whatever for minor offenses you know, end up getting killed, and then people who actually have committed mass shootings, white guys, or brought in, are yeah. brought in nicely, gently, taken to friggin' Burger King on the way to the police station, given bottles of water, and, you know, you know, why, not that, here's the thing, I don't think the cops should be rough manhandling 
most people. But why minor offenses with black people, they get manhandled and possibly killed. Um, and white guys who are standing there strapped with guns who've just mowed down a bunch of people and they get gently walked. I don't, I see. And I beg to differ with you on that though, because in the Capitol, when you had those insurrectionists inside the actual Capitol itself, inside the actual hall where laws mm -hmm. are made, Oh, they should have, yo, no, the, the, they should, I said most people should not be getting roughly handled by the cops, but why is it that the black people are the ones getting manhandled and that most of these, like, white shooters and stuff aren't, and then, yeah, but you want to, let's talk about the Capitol riot, because... There's, the cops, a, the there's a lot of crap about that. So, some of the cops pose for pictures. One of the cops it was telling them to get out of the actual hall where laws were made were like, hey, if you don't mind, can you guys please leave here because, you know, this, this is like a sanctuary. If they were black, that cop would have drawn a pistol and said, get your fucking asses out of here or yeah. I'm going to start shooting. I have to find who posted it. I, I think it was Angry Staffer. Um, they're, they're, you know, cause they're still investigating the, um, the Capitol riots, but it did come out and I think it was on angry staffer speech that, um, the Capitol police were told prior to January 6th, yes. not to treat those people like they would other protesters yes. or however you want to put it. And most of their, like, SWAT gear and tactical gear was actually locked up and not given to them. Yes. And, and again, I you know, you have to use that as an example because the majority of the people that, 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 that went into the Capitol were white. You have to use that as an example because mm -hmm. that is a measuring stick at that point. You've seen the police actually helping people down the Capitol steps. These people broke into the Capitol, and they're helping them down the steps. Not arresting them. Not telling them to leave. And if you can't get down the stairs, oh fucking well. Mm -hmm. But helping them down the steps. I guarantee you if they were black, that would not have happened. I guarantee you if they were not your typical conservative-looking asshole that would have had it would have been me, mm -hmm. and I have trouble walking. They would have shoved me down the steps. Oh well, they did that when the dis when a whole bunch of disabled people went and um, protested a few years ago. Yes, so. yeah, they knocked over they knocked over wheelchairs. Yeah. there were some people protesting in wheelchairs and everything. And again, here's the thing. I've heard every excuse under the book. I've heard, well, cops can only take so much. Look, if you can't take being called a pig, maybe you're in the wrong line of work. And this is coming from someone that used to wrestle and was called every mean, nasty name in the book. And there was fans that would go out of their way to invest, you know, to look into my personal life to find personal things to say to me. And I had no other choice but to sit there and take it because that was a job I signed up for. These are cops. 
That's what you sign up for. If you can't take it, get another job. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, we've talked about this with the cops before. Like, they, they're, they do have too many responsibilities now. You know? They do, but that and doesn't mean... No. No. But that's, that's where the whole defund or reform the police really needs to focus, is that the cops can't go deal with every problem in the community. And the cops actually need psychiatric evaluations I'd say on yearly. a regular basis. Yeah, I'd say yearly. Yes. Because, again, if, if let's say one of them's going through a divorce, which is not uncommon with cops, well, yeah. or, or anyone that's a first responder for that matter, mm -hmm. okay, um, that's going to influence their decisions if they're having a really rough day, you know? And going through a divorce is a rough thing for anybody. Um, I'm using that as an example, but it, it could be any number of things, you know? Um, so I agree with you that. The one thing that I, I, I want to make point, you, you mentioned about defund the police. And whenever you mention that to someone that's a Republican or someone that's a conservative is, oh, so you want to take all the money away from the cops? Well, who's going to answer your 911 calls? You're a stupid idiot if you honestly think that. Mm -hmm. what, defund, what, what defund the police means it means allocate some of the funding that you're spending on all this riot gear that you mm -hmm. don't necessarily need. Armored vehicles that you don't necessarily need in suburban America where you're not going to have a crack den. And actually allocate it towards people that can de-escalate a situation. Now, with Dante Wright, one mm -hmm. of the things that I'm wondering, which, which might be why the black officer hesitated cuffing him, Mm -hmm. Could have been him saying, look, I know you're scared. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, it could have been something like that. I don't know. I, I yeah. again, I'm throwing it out there. It's a very real possibility because you're starting to see more and more black cops starting to realize exactly how fucking racist most of the police forces are. Not all, most. Mm-hmm. And when I mentioned before regarding a fair and unbiased panel that a doctor would need to go forth if they mm -hmm. did something wrong um, that resulted in a death. Uh, one of the things, and this is the reason why, once you see a shooting, you typically do not see that police footage, that body cam footage, for probably at least two weeks to a month later. It's because the union wants to pour over it. Mm -hmm. And the union is, is not fair and unbiased. You show me a police union that's fair and unbiased. And yeah. I swear, I, I, I have some amazing beachfront property in Death Valley that I can sell you. Mm -hmm. There is, it, it just doesn't happen. As far as the protesters go, one of the biggest complaints that you hear is, well, they're damaging their own communities. They kind of deserve it. If you watched the protests last year, that happened about the first month. And then the protesters smartened up. The protesters weren't damaging property. The people that were damaging property turned out actually to be part of the militia groups. 
or other people that were put in with the Black Lives Matter movement. Most of them were white people. Not all. Most were white people that were doing the damage after that first month. You're going to look. I know they trashed a Dollar Tree in, in uh, Minnesota uh, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're mad. They're angry. They're going to take it out on something. I'm not saying it's right. What I am saying is it's going to happen. How many people after Rodney King was beat were bitching about all the looting in Los Angeles, which honestly was horrendous compared to what we've seen last year? Do we need to actually look at a way to peaceful protest? Yes, and that's why you're starting to see leaders evolve. The protests, I, and I mentioned I would talk about this before, the protests last year really didn't have leaders. And they really didn't look at it as racist versus non-racist or citizens versus bad cops. What they looked at it as was black versus white. Not all, but a lot of them did. They're not looking at it that way anymore. Now they're looking at it as racist versus non-racist. And because, unfortunately, at this point, there there's so many bad cops. And by bad cop, I don't necessarily mean that you're taking a baton to someone's head and cracking it open or shooting someone. I mean you're actually standing there and being silent. Look, if you're going to kneel on, on the back of someone's neck and then they pass out after five minutes... And then still, for another four and a half minutes, you have their knee, your knee on the back of his neck while your hand's in your pocket. You're not restraining them anymore. You're just being a fuck. Mm-hmm. And that... Let's talk about the defense at the Chauvin, tri- at the Chauvin trial. This defense is a fucking joke. So how many of you guys know that the pathologist they put on the stand yesterday is actually in the middle of a lawsuit for covering up police misconduct in another fatal fatality against a black man in another jurisdiction? You probably didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But if you look it up, you'll find out that's exactly what's happening. And that the prosecution's done a great job of making sure that people realize that the defense, it, they're tearing apart the defense. If, if Chauvin is not found guilty, uh, one, those these riots are going to spread outside of Minnesota, for sure. Um, and two, at that point, I think society as a whole, unless you are some of the people that sit there and defend the cops no matter what they do, um, society as a whole is going to look at the police as, uh, I, 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 you know, I'll use, I'll use an NWA tune, fuck the police, and that's what they're going to look at it as. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, again, you can bitch and bitch and bitch about the protesters. 
that's fine. So they're so so they're loud, so they're noisy. Does that give you a right to stand behind a fence or be in an armored vehicle and mace them or use tear gas? Although they supposedly didn't use tear gas last night because it was brought to their attention that, well, the United States actually considers tear gas a war crime. We're not allowed to use tear gas on other countries, but we sure as fuck can use them on our own people, can't we? Think about that for a minute. Enemies that actually want to kill us, we're not allowed to use tear gas against. But we can use it against our own people. And I've said before, Ferrari and I both have made the point, we'll call Biden out on bullshit. Biden has stayed remarkably quiet about all of this. So is Kamala Harris. Maybe, just maybe. I know, radical concept here. Maybe sit down with some of the heads of the major police unions in this country and say, look, things need to change. How many of you realize that the officer that was charged in the Breonna Taylor case None of those charges were for firing, firing bullets into Breonna Taylor's home. The charges were because some of those bullets actually went into white people's houses that lived next door or upstairs from Breonna Taylor. That's what they were charged for. I think it was negligent discharge of a firearm. But none of the bullets that went to Breonna Taylor's home None of those. There was no charges for any of that. And the no-knock warrants, those were wonderful. That worked out really well, didn't it? If you decide to no-knock and just crash into my house and you're not wearing a police uniform or I can't tell it's a police uniform and you don't yell that it's the police... Yes, you're going to get shot. And you should get shot. That's just stupid. I mean, I know you've read plenty of, of, of other things that have gone on, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, by all means, I'm, I'm definitely interested in your take on, on, on a number of these things because... You're while well, while well, I'm I'm watching a lot of the the protests that are going on. You are reading more than I do because I just don't have the time right now. Yeah, I I tend to to read what's going on. Um, one thing I wanted to say, um, I don't think people realize like how connected we are as people. Um, and I I, I don't think it has anything to do with COVID. You know, the fact that we've been you know like locked away or whatever um or how connected um communities are um george floyd's girlfriend 
was actually Dante Wright's high school teacher. Yeah, I I'm glad you're mentioning this because you mentioned. And this to there me was, and I was trying to find it. That's why I, I I let you you get out what you needed to get out. But I was also trying to find because there was another connection between two other people, and I just couldn't find it. Um, I couldn't f- remember who posted it. That um, in addition to that, there was another connection between two other people that like they somehow knew each other. You know, and I think it it's it, it kind of shows that like maybe these communities there's a problem with the police in those communities not respecting the people who live in those communities. You know, and I feel like we talked about this last um podcast, but now that we have like these kinds of examples you know, like, it's not just, like, one person and one family that's going through this. It's an entire community that's losing a member of the community. And now, like, with this, now it's, like, two families that are connected are having to deal with this crossover of, you know, losing George Floyd. And, you know, so his George Floyd's girlfriend... Not only lost her boyfriend, but now a year later lost one of her students. Well, you know, and as someone who has taught kids, that's a hard thing. You know, that's that's awful to yeah. hear that. You know, somebody that you mentored and taught, even for a short time, that, something terrible happened to. Yes, that's you a know? rough thing because teachers care about their students. You know. Um, and so that I definitely wanted to touch on that. Um, I, I tend to get very emotionally exhausted about all of this and I, I have to work really hard to not let what goes on in the world actually affect my personal emotions. Um, so, and, and that, this is kind of just, like, an aside of, like, it, this podcast, if you, if you've noticed that Mandrake tends to, like, I don't know if you want to call it rant, or he talks a lot, and I just tend to, you know, kind of chime in when needed, it's because this stuff really does, it, it hurts me. It hurts my soul. Um, I don't want to see anything bad happen to anybody, especially innocent people, um, especially kids. And I consider Dante... Looks like a kid. He looked I mean, like look a kid. Him, he looks like a kid. And only a couple of hours before we recorded this podcast, and I don't even think a lot of people know about this from a couple weeks ago, um, there was a 13-year-old boy who was shot by Chicago PD. Yeah. That, and I don't even really have all the details. There's some reports that are saying the kid had a gun and was running. Um, there's some stills from the body cam footage that he does look like he's he's got a gun behind his back, but he drops it. You know, the, the cop tells him to drop it. He drops it, tells him to put his hands up. He puts his hands up and the cop shoots him and then goes, are you all right? Clearly not. The kid is dead. No. Um, you know, and it's getting to the point again where 
I personally am just gonna have to, like, not, not read it for a day and not see it for a day and even talking about this stuff. I'm one of those people that, like, just talking about things brings up all of the emotions and I feel like I'm reliving it. Almost as if, like, I was involved, even though I wasn't. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to get into, like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, that's e spiritual bullshit or whatever. But I do. I, I tend to take on other people's emotions, even even walking through the grocery store. I can tell who's in a bad mood and who's in a good mood and who's got shitty vibes and whatever, like... You know, it's just, that's how I am. I just feel it. Um, so the more that I talk about this stuff and the more that I have to um, find out details and stuff, there are days that I just physically and emotionally can't do it. Um, and I don't understand people who don't have empathy and who don't care about this stuff. And who just think, like, you know, like, oh, another thug gone or whatever. Like, well, there, the people, okay, there's people that care, which we are people that care. If yeah. we didn't care, we wouldn't be doing this yeah. particular podcast right now. Um, we're doing this podcast because, honestly, I'm fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sick of seeing, you know, black men and women being in, in particular black men. Um, it, it's, it's, I mean, it does happen to black women as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you shouldn't have to teach your child to be afraid of police. Yeah. And that's what black parents have to do. It's not even like a, that's what they should do. No, that's what they have to do. A great example of, of police just not giving a shit is, uh, and I forgot, you know, again, I'm horrible at names, guys. So it's not like I'm forgetting because they don't matter. I'm forgetting because you, you tried taking, you know, getting 30 concussions over 20 years. Um, there was a gentleman, I believe it was in Baltimore, where they just threw him in the back of a essentially a paddy wagon. They handcuffed him. They threw him in the back. And I don't know exactly how this happened. I believe he broke his neck because they threw him with such force where he went head first into like a, a steel blocker um, mm -hmm. between the back and the and the and the actual cab of the van. Um where the driver sits and then they didn't strap him in and supposedly they kind of drove all kind of crazy on the way to the police off, you know, the, the, the police station. And I believe he died. I, I am almost positive. He, he unfortunately passed away. Uh, and, and again, that was, that was reckless. That was stupid. But the police officers said, you know, they, 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 they thought that they were the law. 
I'm all for law and order, man. I, I, I'm all for doing it right, but I'm also for doing it fair. Yeah. Just because someone's black, oriental, LGBTQ+, what have you, doesn't mean that they're lesser people than you. And that's why I openly, I started the show inviting someone, a person of color, anyone, to come on and talk about this. Not rant and rave, talk. And someone that actually was a police officer. So if you fit that criteria, please message me. I gladly will have you on the show. Because I'm very interested to see what, I have a pretty good idea what the person of color is going to say. But I'm very interested to see what the police have to say. Because I know someone whose father was a cop. And instead of actually admitting that, well, you know, cops, you know, can be bad or this, that, and the other thing. He's too busy sitting there blaming black people for everything. And that's one of the reasons I don't talk to him all that much anymore. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I don't talk to many people anymore because if you're complicit or if you support Good old Governor Death Santis idea of being able to run over protesters with a vehicle, which I want to remind everybody last year during the protests, the majority, the vast majority of people that were run over by vehicles, it was police vehicles that ran them over. Not because they were an emergency, just because they wanted to get through. You don't do that. And they didn't care whether you were black or white. And that's why I say this isn't really a black and white thing. It's a racist, non-racist. And I actually would even go further. It's a person that's actually believes in injustice and believes in doing the right thing and abuse of authority. Mm-hmm. And if you're a cop that's complicit, you're just as guilty. I realized that a couple of the other cops uh, in George Floyd's, you know, murder are going to be brought up on charges. Not every cop that was there will. How come no other cop, if they were so worried about this crowd, why did they not call for more backup? Why did they feel they needed to bodily restrain George Floyd after he was passed out? Mm Mm-hmm. Here's another little tidbit that I'm sure a lot of people forgot. Chauvin and George Floyd both worked at the same nightclub. And the nightclub owner openly said that there was times he had to send both of them home because they did not like each other. They knew each other. They knew each other. They didn't like each other. Chauvin was a little bit more forceful and George Floyd would try to talk someone down before getting them out. And I realized people were saying, wow, he was just a druggie. George Floyd 
may have done drugs at some point. I don't know what his methamphetamine levels were. I do know that when you die from a stressful situation, your body does metabolize a, a, a neurotransmitter compound that looks like fentanyl. Mm -hmm. So if they really didn't find very much in his system, it very likely could have been released by his brain. Methamphetamine, I can't speak of because honestly, I don't know how much was in the system. And he had a large heart, physically large heart, which means it needed more oxygen. There was a better way to handle that situation. They can say that Chauvin didn't intend to kill him. I don't buy that at all. I think Chauvin, Chauvin actually did set out to do at least serious bodily harm. And I think that the protesters that are pro protesting regarding Dante Wright, as well as George Floyd, as well as many others that have been abused or fatally shot, injured, however you want to mm -hmm. word it, by police have every right to protest mm -hmm. have every right to protest and i know that you mentioned before that there's times you don't like talking about it i think though that as a society we need oh, to talk about no it. no i was just saying like I, I just wanted to put that out there as you know because you've mentioned it to me after we've recorded a podcast that you feel like you talk so much and i wanted our listeners to know like why it seems like it's not so much a back and forth conversation is because like I'm even starting to get kind of, you know, welled up with tears right now just because it's, it's so difficult for me to see people hurting each other. I understand Because that. I'm not like that. You know, and I think as a society at this point, we shouldn't be like that. And I, I, we do, we need to talk, we need to fix this, these problems that we have. And I just, there's so much that needs to be fixed. And uh, I, I wish that there was more that I could do. But I know that there's not just, like, one solution, you know? Well, that's the reason, though, why with the podcast, I, I openly said, look, if you're a person of color, please contact me, be on the show. If you're mm -hmm. a police officer, please contact me, or a former police officer, either or. Yeah. Please contact me, be on the show, so we can actually talk about this. Yeah, I mean, communication is key. That's... That's what needs to happen, and I mean, it, like, we've talked about this before, that, I, you know, I think that police officers should have to go, like, instead of sitting in your patrol car and menacingly patrol around neighborhoods and stuff, get out and talk to these people. Like, I... and, and actually have a conversation with them. Don't go up to them and act like they're suspicious get to know them. No, well... Because I, the best cops are the ones who know the people that are in their area and yeah. how, to, how to help them. You know? It's these cops that think that they're, you know, 
that they're just the authority. That's not how it should be. No. You know, police officers should be protecting and serving their community, you know, and they should be doing things, you know, like, I mean, and I think I've mentioned it before, like, as much as the D.A.R.E., you know, drug abuse resistance education program failed, um, it was good in some ways to have these police officers meeting, you know, meeting the kids in their, you know, in their communities and, you know, starting conversations with them. And, you know, I think that's what police officers need to do is they need to be more, you know, meeting kids in schools and meeting kids at playgrounds and, you know, meeting the people who are out and about working and living in these communities. Um, when there's a, when there's a separation of, you know, the police officers and the communities, you know, they just think like, oh, this is just a bad neighborhood and, you know, everybody's going to be a problem. And, you know, it, it, there's, there's so much communication breakdown. You know, what's one of the most disturbing things in the world is you mentioned teaching and we both taught mm -hmm. is teaching in a low income trouble neighborhood. And I say trouble neighborhood because mm -hmm. there was a neighborhood where I I parked right outside the door where my where my equipment was. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I would not leave your car doors unlocked and I would keep your keys in your hand, like open your trunk whenever you need to put something in. I'm like, I'm literally taking like 15 steps. Yeah. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And but here's the thing. Those kids were some of the best kids I've ever taught. They were mm -hmm. great. They were polite. They were they were nice. They 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 loved what we were doing. If you can take these kids and you can actually mold them, not every police officer is bad. We no. do we 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 see a number of police officers down here and other places as well, not just down here, mm -hmm. that that have you know. Uh, if a family's house burned down, for example, right before a holiday, they would they would buy Christmas gifts for the kids. Right. You know? Yeah. Or like um, a kid's bike gets stolen and they can't find it. The cops put their money together and buy them a new bike. You know. Yes. That's... And there is there is officers that will speak up when mm -hmm. a, a police officer does something wrong. And a perfect example is that that woman from Buffalo that was a police officer right. that got fired mm -hmm. because she brought to light unnecessary force being used by a fellow officer. Mm -hmm. She got fired. So how did the union work for that, huh? Yeah, she wasn't part of the narrative they wanted. Didn't to, didn't work yeah. so well. Yeah, but I'm glad you brought up about about the kids who live in these low income neighborhoods, and it's something that I've noticed, like, and I'm not saying that these kids are animals, but, like, when when we get, you know, dogs or cats that were living on the streets, they end up being almost, like, the perfect pet, because yeah. they're so happy to just be safe, and I think that happens with these kids, too, is that they see so much turmoil, 
in their communities that when they're given the opportunity to learn or, you know, like, um, you know, or to have these outreach programs and things like that, they appreciate it because they don't have stability and they don't feel safe. And then you give them an opportunity to feel safe and nurtured. They appreciate it more than anybody else. And that's, that's what needs to happen is, you know, I mean, everybody deserves to feel safe. Everybody deserves, you know, an education and healthcare and food and shelter. And I, a lot of these, the reason I bring up these big issues like that is that's where a lot of these other problems come from. You know, crime comes from not having your basic necessities met. You know, you're just trying to survive. Yes. You know? I I, I want to add to that, though, that while we are talking about that, and don't get me wrong, one of the best things you can tell someone in a low-income neighborhood is that you care about them, um, that you want to help them, you want to be there for them. And, and mean it. Don't just say it. Actually mean it. Yeah. You know, uh, and 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 be, because that makes all the difference in the world. Now, that being said, it's not just troubled kids that cops go after. Right. There was in Virginia, there was that, I believe he was a, a, a lieutenant in the army, if oh, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They got pulled over and he did everything right that he was supposed to. And then the cop maced him right in his car. Yeah. And now Secretary of Defense and and the the, the actual military itself are getting involved. Um, I think that cop got fired immediately. But again, charges need to be brought up on shit like that. Mm -hmm. Just because you have a badge does not mean you are above the law. Does not mean that you are more privileged than me. Or, or Ferrari, or anyone else for that matter. All that means is that you've got a job where you need to carry a weapon. That doesn't mean you need to use it. As a matter of fact, at one point in time, a sign of a good cop was a cop that never in their whole career had to pull their weapon. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. Now the sign of a good cop is how many tickets can you write? How many people did you arrest? And in some places, and Los Angeles has an actual group, and this was uncovered by the news, uh, by numerous media outlets. They actually have a, a group that targets blacks. They target blacks. They all have the same tattoo. They're like a, I hate saying a faction within a police organization. But Los Angeles police has that. And they know about it. And they really haven't done very much about it. They've let a couple of them go. But they know what's going on. So don't sit here and tell me that the problem is the public. The problem's not the public anymore. Sometimes it is. Not enough to get killed. They could have let Dante, Dante Wright go and catch him later. They didn't have to tase him. They didn't have to, most importantly, they didn't have to shoot him. Mm -hmm. Yes, I believe it was an accident, but that doesn't excuse the fact that she shot him. 
And she didn't need to. And what's probably going to happen is they have her on second, second, uh, a second degree murder or manslaughter. And I believe they're going to add at least neg negligent discharge of a firearm mm -hmm. because she admitted it was an accident. And I do believe that it was an accident just based on her reaction afterwards. But that doesn't excuse her. If you have two adults sitting there and one of them shoots the other accidentally, guess what? That one's going to go to jail. The other one may die. So before you sit there and you criticize these protesters, Take a real good, hard, long look at the police and what they've done and what they're doing now. I'm going to close it out like this. Look, not all police are bad, but a lot of them are. And the unions, I still think, are a... I think they're the root of the problem. You need to fix it. You need to cut off the head of the snake. And the head of the snake is the unions. I'm not saying disband the unions. I'm not, but but I'm saying they need to be overhauled. And the federal level can do that. And Biden, Kamala Harris are not doing enough. They're not doing enough at all. And that's a serious problem. I mean, I guess it's better than Trump that pretty much wanted to kill all of them. I mean, geez, he fired tear gas at a bunch of people that belong to a church because he wanted a photo op. He let police pretty much go and rampage over a bunch of violinists that were paying tribute to someone that was killed by police. Mm -hmm. They weren't being violent. They were playing. It was a vigil. They were playing violins and holding candles. But the police wanted to show that they were badasses. I'm wondering... Just thinking here for a minute. If they, if if Chauvin actually gets, I believe he can get up to 40 years. I might be mistaken on that. I believe he can get up to 40 years. You think they're going to put him in gem pop? Probably not. Because you know what would happen if he's in gem pop? Chauvin's going to become the little bitch that he is. The difference is... He's going to become someone else's bitch. And he should. He should get beat up daily in prison. Mm -hmm. And then right before he's released, and this is just my personal opinion, everybody that's of color should kneel on him. And let's see how long he lasts before he runs out of air. So if you disagree with a lot of things that I'm saying here, sorry. But that's the way it is. You got anything else you want to say before we're done? No, actually, your dinner's done. Awesome. <laughs> cool. I'm hungry. Um, we'll do another one of these probably in a week, possibly sooner. Because I believe they're going to start deliberating on the Chauvin case on Monday. We may actually do one of these earlier depending on 
what the results are and what the protest situation looks like. Um, but uh, the plan is to do another one late next week. And uh, uh, again, we'll, we'll revisit this situation probably within a month. My hope is that someone that um, preferably someone that's black because they seem to be targeted more than anybody else right now by police. And hopefully someone that actually is a police officer or a former police officer. And we'll set up a Zoom call and we'll record it. Um, again, it's not a bitching contest. It's an actual talk about solutions. If you can't talk about solutions and you're just going to blame people, don't waste my time. Don't waste Ferrari's time. Don't waste anybody else's time. But if you're going to talk about how we can solve this problem, you are more than welcome on the show. I gladly welcome you. And I hope, I hope that someone takes us up on that. So, all right, everybody have a great day for freedom and we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much.